Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, Before we head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, uh, we're going to be talking about the Lakers, and specifically the way that the Lakers have played post the in-season tournament. Yes, the in-season tournament where the Lakers felt the need to hang a championship better. Listen, I told you that this was going to be a problem. I told you it was a problem, the fact that they were celebrating with champagne and goggles and championship shirts and hats when it was the 24th game of the season. In fact, it was a game that did not even count. And right, you know, right when that that game is over, pop it on a flight to Dallas to play the Mavericks. You know, you, you got 60 more games left in the season. I, I don't know what the Lakers were celebrating. I get that the league is trying to make this into a thing. But last night, the Lakers lose again. Their fourth of five games since the in-season tournament. Three straight got blown out by the Chicago Bulls. 124 to 108. And I uh, want to play for you some sound post game uh, before we uh, talk about this some more. So let's hear from Darvin Ham, from Austin Reeves, from LeBron James, and from Anthony Davis uh, talking about the Lakers' current slide right now. Again, they've lost four of five, three straight since the in season tournament, which makes it even more ridiculous that they just hung a better. To celebrate this accomplishment. So now let's hear from Lakers head coach Darvin Hand. To that end, you've had so many guys in and out. Uh, what, when you're trying to find consistency, but you have different players available, uh, what are the things that you're that you're looking for? I guess, and a game like tonight would be an example. But just even the last week or so, uh, it, what's the challenge in that? And where do you feel like you guys have to get to to the things that you think are going to work the best? I mean, just just coming in with a with, with you know. A, a workman, workman's like attitude, um, and and to make sure we're positive and we have a great spirit for the competition. Um, our guys go out and play hard. It's been a tough, tough stretch, no doubt about it. But um, aside from circumstances beyond our control, we have to control what we can control. And and again, that's how we take care of our bodies, from nutrition to sleep, uh, film study. You know, getting in and trying to be efficient with our on-court work, which has been difficult to do with all the games on top of each other like this. But again, you know, everything that we've gone through since I got hired, uh, just just what we had to go through, the heavy lifting during last year, you know, trying to turn the corner. You know, you go through this process and you have to embrace it. And the way you get past it, you just continue to work and uh, investigate yourself first and foremost. Um, Look internally. 
and then uh, make sure we stay together as a group, and then we pull the rope in the, with both hands in the same direction, and we'll get through it. Trust me, we'll get through it. Did you did you find tonight to be more of an issue offensively for you guys or defensively? I mean, they, they shot the hell out of the ball. I mean, they had they had. I mean, when you got what was it six? They had six guys with at least two threes made. Um, and they're playing great. You know, they've hit a stretch of, uh, of games where they're playing great. And, you know, the ball is popping and flying around for them. And, you know, they can isolate. They can play in pick and roll. They play multiple side basketball. So I thought we competed as hard as we could. And, you know, we missed some really good looks early. They made some. Uh, it's a make or miss league. Uh, they're plus 18 from the three-point line. So... You know, you're going to have nights like this, and then, you know, we have to do a better job of taking care of the ball in certain stretches. You know, we have, we have some bad turnovers at bad times uh, as they're making a run or two. And so um, we just we got a lot to work on and a lot to get better at. But, you know, we're all up for the challenge, man. We, uh, again, our, our competitive spirit is there. We just got to, you know, we can't get down to disappointment or discouraged. We just have to keep pushing through, keep fighting. The last time you guys lost three in a row this season, you made a change to the starting lineup. As you continue to tinker with the rotation, as you, you know, get more bodies available, is that an option for you? It's always lineup? an option to do that. I mean, you gotta you gotta really uh, look at your group and, and and see what makes the most sense. Now, that's on one hand. On the other hand. You know, with different bodies coming in and out of the lineup, you you, you have to have some sort of uh, consistency with something. You can't just keep on a whim change. That's a big deal when you change the starting lineup at this level. And so, uh, we want to try to be consistent as possible. And again, you you know, you, our circumstances in terms of what we've been through the last two and a half, three weeks, also. You know, it has an effect on our performance, and so, you know, going cross country back and forth, parking it in LA just for a day or two, or two, two or three days, and then you back across the country, not up and down the coast, and so uh, we're well aware of that. It's not an excuse; it's just the reality of what we've been through. But um, you know, as we get guys back healthy and guys back in the rhythm, uh, we're gonna keep coaching them up. Our medical team's gonna keep, you know, servicing them like they're supposed to. Our guys gonna take care of themselves, and we'll get better. We'll, we'll get better from this. It, you know, we're in the valley right now, but we'll be climbing back up that mountain here. How's uh, AD with his ankles? Everything rolled in that third. I haven't heard anything as of yet. Um, I'm, they're, they're working on him right now, so we'll see. It's, I think this is the first time where you've had basically everybody available, you know, except for a JHS. And so, what's the challenge of guys that were used to playing in certain roles now, and that's evolving some? And even like from last year, you know, you and Vanderbilt and Rui in different roles. How are you guys starting to get to a point, or how can you get to a point where you optimize that and figure it out, uh, and uh, and you know, you see something like that work on the court? Yeah, I mean, anytime you have. You know, guys in and out of the lineup, guys that have been out of the lineup for, you know, a month now, a little bit over. Um, and you put them back in the lineup, you know, it's hard to, you know, just make things click right away. Uh, you know, you don't have, you know, in the NBA, you don't have, you know, the really the time and, uh, you don't really have time to to practice and like play and practice because you play so many games so it's kind of hard to figure it out <clears throat> 
then and then in game you're trying to figure it out on the fly but uh we'll watch film we'll figure out you know what we can do in those units uh to be more successful um but it's going to take a little time and we got to figure out how to you know do that at the same time but winning games a specific question for you and you've been able to maintain efficiency doing it but it seems like a lot of the drives where you're you know trying to initiate the contact they're not getting maybe the same whistle as last year have you seen an evolution of that have you felt an adjustment have you asked refs about it or is, is that been something that you've been aware of this year uh, i mean i feel like i've been getting to the free throw line um you know a f- fair amount uh you know i think that there's you know, obviously times in game where, you know, I get fouled or a teammate gets fouled that I think is a foul. Um, but that's everybody. You know, you could go ask the other team, regardless of who you're playing, and they're going to think that the refs miss calls too, and they're human. Uh, they're going to miss calls. We miss shots. And, uh, you know, you can't really, um, you know, let your mind think about that too much. you got to just play the game. It's going to take some time. Um, and you don't have practice time. Just travel. You know, you know, you guys have injuries and stuff like that. How do you kind of allow you guys as a group to have that patience without kind of having slippage, I guess, from the standard you'd already set? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, because anytime we take the court, we want to win. And that is the standard is to win. Um, and will always be the standard. So, like, when I say it's going to take time, it's not like I'm saying you know we're going to lose game we you know are willing to lose games figuring it out we got to figure it out like I said and win games at the same time but um you know if we you know come together you know off the court and kind of talk about it as well I think that'll speed up the process of you know kind of learning what everybody likes to do um you know what we can do in units um where AD and Braun aren't on the floor uh I feel like we could be a really good you know ball movement team at the uh, uh, in those times uh be able to get the ball side to side and play out of closeouts and things like that but uh the standard is to win games and uh we got to do that regardless of trying to figure things out you know in the same sense challenges to the schedule that we're all aware of and, and you've had guys out of the lineup and then even adding guys into the lineup presents a new challenge um austin thought maybe just like dialogue off the court can help this group um do you think it's something that can be talked out in terms of identifying what you guys can like circle uh to try to get out of this little bit of a tailspin you've been in? Yeah, yeah i mean uh just figuring it out i mean both i think both on and off the floor you can figure it out um i mean it's not like our, our schedule gets any easier um, as far as travel, as far as opponents and things of that nature. Obviously, we played, uh, I think they're still the best team in the Western Conference right now in Minnesota. Um, and then uh, we head home for, I believe, if not one or two. I mean, OKC, one of the best teams in the West. And then I think one or two best team in each conference in Boston. So, um, you know, it's not like the schedule, you know, ease up for us. But, you know, we just got to be better. Are you sensing just whether it be emotional or physical fatigue, or are there other things that you're seeing that? I mean, it's, it's a little bit. It's a combination of everything. I mean, it's the emotional fatigue, it's the physical fatigue, it's the the grind of the season fatigue, and then uh, when you're not winning, obviously that's the frustration fatigue. So, it's a little combination of everything.
And you talked about, too, it's hard to know what you are until you get a piece like Gabe back, and now he's back, but he's on a minute's limit. You know, last year, you had, it was a lot of Vanderbilt and Rui once they came, and now this year it's been, you know, Cam and Torian starting. Is that is that all just the stuff that needs to get ironed out, and, and how do you kind of, you know, also not lose games, right, while it's being figured out? What's the what's the overall piece of the challenge there? Well, I mean, that's not my call. Um, Obviously, I understand that you know, it's very difficult you know, as far as when guys are in and out and our rosters have not been whole all year, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, Vando is working through, you know, you know his situation. And, um, you know, Rui has been up and down as far as his minutes. Um, you know, and obviously Gabe just come back tonight for the first time and he's on a minutes restriction. So uh, we're just trying to find what works for us. Uh, what works well for us as far as lineups and things of that nature. We had a lineup out there tonight, obviously, that we haven't played with all season. And Chicago was make a run, was able to make a run when that lineup was out on the floor. So it's something we got to work through. I think it's um, you know, trial and error, and it's going to happen on the fly because we don't have much practice time. Huh? LeBron, LeBron, 20 years ago today, it was actually the first day that you played against Chicago in the play against the Bulls. Do you have a favorite moment against playing Chicago, and what's it like playing here? Uh, against the favorite moment against playing against Chicago? Uh, I mean, I have so many, to be completely honest. I mean, the, the battles that I had against D. Rose, Joe Kim, and Taj, and, and you know, all those guys during those times, um, you know, either when, I, either when I was in Miami or, you know, I think, uh, you know, the one year when I was able to hit the game winner um, in game four, I believe, here uh, by their bench, um, you know, with D. Rose and you know, I guess I think uh, Joe Kim was still on that team. Taj Jimmy was on that team. Um, so the battles that I had um, throughout my career, either if it was, <clears throat> you know, whatever team that they had, has been fun. Last question. Austin's had a, got some sort of nice rhythm this past week or two, week or two. Just what have you seen from him, either us in the locker room or on the court that's allowed that? Who they are? Yeah. No, just, just being himself. Yeah, you're just starting with the ankle. We saw the turn uh, after you uh, had the block at the rim. Look, the same ankle that you turned last week. Uh, just to, how did it feel? How you got back out there and played clearly, but uh, what, how did you kind of compare it to what it was last week? Uh, same thing. Um, ready to uh, do what I got to do to get ready for tomorrow. How much more difficult is it in a back-to-back -back setting uh, to try and get it worked on and uh, when you wake up the next day? Uh, time is limited, you know. You know uh, when you got a back-to-back. -back, so, um, you know, this treatment tonight in the morning, uh, pre-game. You know, anytime you're able to find time to get it worked on, um, and they just get ready to go tomorrow. And then zooming out, just looking really since the in-season tournament final, and you know, obviously some losses baked in there. What have you seen from the team, offense, defense? Where do you think the struggles are coming from the most? And, and do you have any kind of initial ideas about fixes or where you guys need to get to? Um, no, honestly, I'm not even sure. I mean, uh, you know, some nights we shoot it well, some nights we don't. I mean, credit to Chicago. They made a lot of shots tonight, uh, tough shots. But, um, you know, not just them. You know, uh, just got to get back to having fun and, um, you know, playing for each other, playing together, uh, keep competing and uh, stay the course. I mean, um, obviously it sucks to be in a losing column. Uh, you know, we all hate losing, but you know, we got to find find a way to get back in the win column and go from there. It seems pretty clear watching you guys that 
emotionally and physically like some sort of break would really benefit you guys um, it's not going to come for a while how do you power through that um, and, do you, and like in your experience grinding through the league like what does it take to to, to get through stretches like this um like you said there's no break coming uh, there's no help coming uh, there's no cavalry you know we gotta do it within this locker room <clears throat> Uh, we got everyone back. Um, we just got to find a way to get in the win column. Obviously, you know when you when you lose a couple, you know especially in a row, um, starts to linger. Uh, you know everybody wants to win, and you just got to get that win. You know get that one, um, get some spirit, get the spirits back up, and then um, you know just go from there. But you know we can't. Um, I think we're starting to starting off the games a little slow. You know. Um, but tonight we actually started off well and they just went on a run. <clears throat> so we got to do a, a better job on the defensive end um, and starting off games faster. But, you know, I, 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 we just got to be able to, you know, fight through it. Uh, it's been a hell of a schedule so far, but um, it's no excuse, you know. You know we still got to be able to go out there and compete and, and try to get wins. Do you, do you feel like at least you kind of have a sense of what needs to happen, even if it's not happening, in terms of you can start there, like we do XXX, it'll start to look better? Yeah, I mean, um, just controlling our, our things defensively, um, the little things, the details. Uh, you know, we have a lot of offensive power on this team, you know, guys who can score, um, but we're not when we're not getting stops, uh, it's tough to score against a set defense. <clears throat> um, we're really good when we're getting stops and running out in transition, we're getting easy baskets. Uh, but when we plan to have court and everything is a tough shot, then uh, it gets a little tricky for us, especially when we're not getting out in transition. So uh, we had some, some bad turnovers tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think to start off, um, <clears throat> especially tomorrow, it's a high powered offense. You know, we got to come in with a defensive mindset and then let the offense follow that. How did it feel with Gabe being back on the floor? Uh, it felt good. I mean, like I say, we get everybody back healthy. Um, another point guard, you know, takes some pressure off our, off our guys. You know, he's able to shoot it. You know, he made the right reads, made the right plays. So um, it's good having him back. Next three games uh, at Minnesota, at OKC, then versus Boston. Those are all three uh, top two teams in, in the East or the West. What can facing that level of competition do? You guys are kind of going through this in terms of like raising. Yeah, it's gonna make us play. Uh, we're gonna have to, or they're gonna um, beat us pretty badly. So, um, some good games coming up, some good competition uh, for us to kind of get back in the swing of things. So, uh, it's gonna be three. Huge test for us on the defensive end, where I, I think where it starts for us to kind of get our offense going. So, um, I said it starts tomorrow night. Thanks, Eddie. The Lakers calendar Thursday at Minnesota. Then it's at OKC, top two teams in the West. And you return home, face the Boston Celtics, top team in the East in the league. And then you got Charlotte and. All right, that was Lakers coach Darvin Ham and Austin Reeves and LeBron James and Anthony Davis talking about the Lakers' latest blowout loss of the Chicago Bulls. They've lost four of five, three straight since winning the NBA in-season tournament. And this is what I told you guys. This is why I think the in-season tournament 
could be a problem for teams in the future. I know it was a league uh, priority. They want to sell it as a part of a TV package. It's a multi-million dollar package. The league really pressured the Lakers to hang a banner or a flag or whatever you call that thing. The problem is you got 60 more games left in the season. The problem is the Lakers are far from being where they want to be this season. So the fact that they popped champagne on December 9th and wore goggles and held up a trophy and got these medals, I I don't like it. And I don't think I ever will because at the end of the day, this is the franchise that defines success with the Larry O'Brien trophy. They hang world championship banners. They, they don't hang Pacific Division banners. They don't hang Western Conference championship banners. And they certainly don't hang in-season tournament banners for winning seven games, seven games, folks, between November 3rd and December 9th. So we'll see how long that banner lasts. My guess it'll last uh, not as long as the Taylor Swift banner if this season goes on. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk some more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, and we want to play for you an amazing interview that our main man, Adrian Hernandez, did with WWE superstar Grayson Waller. So let's hear that now. It's our very own Adrian Hernandez talking to WWE superstar Grayson Waller. Joining us to talk about it is an Aussie icon, the host of the Grayson Waller effect. It's Grayson Waller. And Grayson, first off, I'm glad to be talking to you because I'm going to be honest. If we go back to WrestleMania weekend in L.A., I missed you during the media day. It was a missed opportunity, but we're here now. And since then, obviously, a lot of things have changed for you. And usually this is a question that I close out an interview with. 
but I'm going to start it right here as we close out the year. What's the one thing this year that you're proudest of professionally? Uh, you know, this, it's, it's been a crazy year. You know, NXT had some big things. You know, Johnny Gargano stand and deliver was a highlight, even though I got, you know, my head beaten in. That's okay. Um, but I think for me personally, like, uh, having my broken leg on my last NXT match and still getting drafted and still being on TV every week with the talk show and, and getting through that broken leg and then somehow having my first main roster match in Madison Square Garden in the main event against a guy like Edge, like, it's very hard to beat that. And I think that's that's one that will kind of like be hard to beat for the rest of my career. Yeah, it's a good thing to have when you have to decide between all these, like, great things. And, you know, one thing you didn't just mention is – the John Cena moment at Money in the Bank, O2 London Arena. And, you know, getting ready for this interview, one of the things I appreciated, I went back uh, when you joined After the Bell on their podcast, and it was cool when they asked you about it, and you said, yeah, it was surreal, but this is also what I do this for. Like, this is where I expect to be and to be in those positions. Because, like, honestly, earlier this year, I've always wanted to be on the radio. And one of those moments that was surreal for me is I got to interview The Undertaker, and I'm going to be honest with you. I had two seconds where I went, holy shit, I'm about to talk to The Undertaker. But then I instantly went like, no, I have an opportunity. I complain. I see everybody getting to interview people. Now it's time to work. I got the ball and let's make this work. Um, when it comes to that mentality of being like, no, I expect to be here. What do you like? What do you give credit to have that mentality? Because that's not an easy thing to have. No, and my thing is I'm a big sport fan. So I'll, I'll watch everything, uh, especially like American sports. And I watch a lot of sport documentaries, especially because like as an athlete myself, like I, I, I like to take a lot of my mindset from from the greats. And, and when you go back through history and you see these greats, you see them early on in their careers. When they came up, when they were a rookie, they weren't acting like a rookie. You know, when they get in there, like now you see it with some of the guys in the NBA. When your first game is against LeBron James, you can either be a fan and ask for an autograph and he'll show you no respect. He'll run over the top of you and you'll never perform like you're supposed to. Or you can go in, see him as a peer and be like, I want to beat that guy. Um, and that's when you're kind of at your best. And that's for me personally. Like, I like to have a chip on my shoulder. I like to to, to kind of be fired up. And um, coming to the main roster, I think you can get caught in the headlights pretty easy, especially because once you're up here, everyone's big. Everyone's a big star. Um, and I, I think if you treat some of these legends with too much respect, you're on the wrong side of the guardrail. You should go buy a ticket, you know? You should go buy a ticket to watch The Undertaker's show um, it, rather than being in the ring opposite them. So I think the best form of respect for me personally is to go at them as hard as possible because I think that's what they deserve. They've laid the, the groundwork. They're the reason I'm here. Well, I'm going to come in and, and give you my best. No, I love that mentality. And, you know, talking about being called up to the roster this year, um, I can imagine it's a totally different environment, all right? <laughs> You're not 10 minutes away from where the show's always done. You're on the road an unimaginable amount of time. Um, and, you know, every show's different. Things can change in an instant. What's been the hardest part? Has it been the travel, trying to find the gym, maintaining, like, your body and all that stuff? What's been the hardest part of being on the road for all these shows? Yeah, no, tra travel's definitely the hardest part because, like, the wrestling and the perform that's the fun part. You know, we get to go out in front of 10,000 people every week and put on a performance. Like, that's a lot of fun. Hanging backstage with the boys, that's a lot of fun. Like, the SmackDown roster's great. I got my boy Theory. I got my boys pretty deadly. Like, I got mates up there. So it's like, that's the fun part. The hard part is when, you know, you've, you've fought Kevin Owens for 20 minutes on TV. Your back hurts. Your rib hurts. Your face hurts because he punched you. And then you got to drive four and a half hours to the next show. You get there like three in the morning, four in the morning. 
then you got to wake up and as you said then you got to go to the gym then you got to try and fight food like the the schedule's wild but like it's all worth it because of those shows you get to go out and have fun but uh you definitely have to be a bit more proactive about taking care of yourself and taking care of your body yeah and or you got to spend time doing interviews with people like me but we appreciate it grayson thank you um one thing i I'm think that's here, been i'm just here so i don't get fined you know hey <laughs> i love the sports references you know i was I like i'm gonna be Look, before the interview, I was like, am I going to ask him about Draymond Green? Not only because of the chokehold and then what happened last <laughs> night. Did you see the punch? The spinning back fist, man. He's been watching some UFC, old, old Draymond, and it's always by accident, right? You could never purposely give someone by a spinning back fist at all. He uh, he plays basketball like it's not on television. It's the craziest thing. But anyway. Yeah, um, oh, what? Me? No. What? What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Can't wait to see him on the Grayson Waller effect. Maybe at Mania coming up. We'll see. Um, one thing that's been cool, like particularly with you, is, you know, obviously um, there's people that weren't in tune with NXT and you get called up. And, you know, every time you were on television, it felt like everyone's like, yo, this guy can hang. This guy's impressive. And the buzz was was getting bigger and bigger every time you were on TV. But also with that buzz is the comparisons. And I know early on, you know, people were like MJF or The Miz. And to be honest, I'm like, that's kind of lazy. Just because they're white dudes that are coming out with some swagger doesn't mean that they're all the same thing. Like, they're all approaching it differently if you really sit back and listen to them. Um, do you feel like you've kind of broke through those comparisons and kind of, you know, uh, found yourself and found your footing? I, to be honest, I, I, I think I did that straight away. But for, I always say people online... They don't really have much creativity when it comes to, you know, talking trash. Because that's all people do on, you know, online. They talk trash. So the, the most basic form of trash talk is comparison. That's what I feel. You know, and what I'm going to complain because they're comparing me to The Miz. You know, a WrestleMania main eventer, a guy who's won a bunch of championships, been doing this like nearly two decades. Like, I'm going to complain because they compare me to MJF, who's incredible on the mic and very good in the ring. Like, when the comparisons are like that, I'm not going to complain. But... I think Miz and MJF and myself, we've all talked about it. Like, there is no real comparison, as you said, you know. We're just guys who go out, we're super confident, and we say what we need to say. But we're all individuals. Um, so the comparisons are what they are. Um, if I start getting compar compared to, like, some flops who are terrible, then I'll start stressing. Then I'm going to start worrying about it. But for now, like, I'm out doing my own thing, and uh, that, that noise doesn't enter my head. No, I love to hear it. Uh, you talk about noise. Perfect lead-in. I like the synergy of this interview. Um, the crazy year that you've had has also involved uh, a Taylor Swift saga uh, with the Swifties. Um, also an incident uh, with the, a dude jumping the barricade. So if I could compare the two, what was crazier? Uh, you know, I, I like having fun. I'm very good at what I do. You know, uh, one of my talents is I'm very good at getting under people's skin. Like, I know exactly what I have to say. I have control in those moments. So, you know, somehow I had a guy jump the guardrail trying to attack me. But uh, I think I was in more fear for my life with the Swifties, man. They're a little bit more terrifying, you know. These 45-year-old women, man, they go in hard. They, they're still commenting on my Instagram photos. Um, uh, but, you know, that's, that's part of the fun of what I do. I enjoy that. I, my job in my head is to get a reaction out of you. And it's not a positive one. I couldn't care less if you like me. I don't want you to cheer me. I don't want you to tell me I'm good. I want you to hate me. And, and that's something I'm very, very good at. I uh, I saw a 10-minute TikTok video of someone, like, dissecting your life and being like, 
this teacher who was on Survivor, and now he's a wrestler. What a douchebag. How dare he? Um, and also, I joked about it when I laughed, but seriously, if you're going to the show in Vegas or wherever, please don't jump over the barricade for the safety of everyone. Get it together. It's also one of the stupidest things you could do going into an NFL field, a WWE ring. Like, what are you doing? But we'll move on. Um, you, you talk about guys on the mic that speak their mind. Of course, here's the question that you knew was coming. CM Punk is back. He returned. So part one of this question is, what was the feeling backstage? Because I was at the show and I actually had to go behind. Like, I had to argue with security to go backstage because they're like, nope, you can't cut. Something's happening. Um, so how was that? And then two, um, I know that I, I don't believe you guys have a connection point. Um, so, like, what's your overall feeling that he's joined the company? So the thing is, like, uh, the, the internet, I, I didn't realize how wrong the internet was about everything until I came to WWE and I was actually backstage and saw some things. You know, I, I don't think there's anything but positive energy about CM Punk coming back. The entire roster right now is, is, is great from top to bottom. Everyone's challenging each other. Everyone wants to be the top guy, but no one's stepping on anyone to get there. Maybe me. You know, I don't mind doing that. But everyone's kind of working together. We... We want this product to succeed, and I think that's what's happening. So I think everyone's buzzing to have him back. Why would you not want to have this guy who can cut in incredible promos, who can have great matches, who the crowd wants to see, who's super controversial? Like, if you don't want him back here, like, you're stupid type of thing. Um, and for me personally, you know, I said some things online about Punk when I heard the rumors. I like to play with the rumors and have some fun and that type of thing. Um And I got to meet him recently, and then that's, that's all I'll say on that. But uh, I, I, I was trained in NXT originally by Ace Steel, who was obviously Punk's coach as well. So, like, I, I know the type of training that he went through. Ace Steel's a, a great trainer, man. He's very hard-nosed, very very to the point. He got me a lot of my first matches in NXT. So, you know, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about Ace and nothing but positive things to say currently about Punk, um, but I'm sure that'll change uh, in the future. What up? Pardon the interruption on the interview. Real quick, we have to show some love to the people that are helping make this content possible. Zipchair and zipchairgaming.com. Holiday season is here, y'all. If you want to go extra on the gift, get all the brownie points and really come up clutch this holiday season, I have a suggestion. Zipchair.com. Go there. Find your partner or yourself who ever the perfect chair for their office their gaming area their cubicle whatever the case or you want the recliner you want the bar stool you want the man cave for the house to really get the perfect thing to really seal in the best man cave in the neighborhood zipchair.com use that discount code adrian to save yourself 10 percent. and hey if your partner has a favorite team why don't you slap on the team's logo on it? With Zipchair, it's possible. Customizable from the logos to the comfortability. And as a big guy, it has the triple XL seal of approval. Zipchairgaming.com. Use that discount code, Adrian. Yeah, caveat on the currently, and we'll leave it at there. Um, and you talk about the locker room as well. Um, for me, I was lucky enough. I've been able to travel with you guys a little bit. I was in Puerto Rico for Backlash uh, it was cool for me, my homeland. I hadn't been there for years. And the amount of pride that I had being there was, it's any wrestling show, I'm always comparing it to the crowd that was there in Puerto Rico and the pride that was in that arena. Yeah. Um, for you, I want to talk to you about the pride that you have with, you know, the uh, 
the Aussie presence on the main roster and throughout WWE. And obviously, I know Royal Rumble's coming up, but I know you have that calendar circled for Elimination Chamber going back home. Like, just talk to me about all that. Yeah, it's been great seeing, you know, Rhea killing it, Indy killing it, um, Bronson Reed killing it. Like, Raw's got some Aussie flavor about it. And then I kind of carried it on my back on Fridays. Um, But I'm glad to see so many Aussie talent doing so well because the Australian wrestling talent has always been world-class. People just haven't seen it. So I'm hoping we get more over here. But uh, for me, like, Elimination Chamber in a lot of ways is my WrestleMania. I've never been on a WrestleMania before. Obviously, that's a huge goal of mine for next year in Philly. But that Elimination Chamber show, like, that, that's that's my show. I think when it comes to all the Australian talent, I'm, I rock the Australian flag on all my gear. Like, I think I'm as Australian as it comes, and I really want to perform on that show in front of that crowd, in front of my friends, in front of that family. Uh, it, it, it's very motivating, extremely motivating. And I know, like, we saw, like, Zelina in Puerto Rico and how much that meant to her in that moment and... It's cool that a lot of us are getting those opportunities to wrestle in front of our hometowns and not just do it on like a live event or anything, like do it in these big shows with these big moments and big matches. Yeah, with like over 50,000 tickets sold so far, it's going to be incredible. Uh, speaking of tickets, WWE's holiday tour is coming here to Vegas, MGM, Grand Garden Arena. Last Friday of the year, December 29th. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, a few more minutes before we let you go. And thank you so much for the time, Grayson. Uh, for those. Americans that are making the trip to Australia. Do you have any tips? And also, do you have an American accent? Can we hear it? <laughs> uh, my tip would be like, especially at the time in February, like you're going to love life. I and mean, obviously the Vegas people, you know, you guys have nice weather over there. Florida's pretty decent, but February in Australia, that's a perfect time to come. Weather's nice. Like it's not too hot. The beaches are beautiful. Like my, my, my thing would just be take advantage of it. And the, Mate, the American dollar, you almost double your money going to Australia. It's a beautiful thing, you know. My, every time I look at my, my salary, I go, oh, I'm going to convert it to Australian dollars and make me feel good about myself, you know. Um, uh, American accent, like, uh, it's very basic, you know. It's almost annoying. I can do, like, the American girls, like, oh, sometimes, like, they're very pretty, but, oh, sometimes it struggles. Like, oh, my God, like, can we please go to Starbucks before we keep – and it's like, oh, yeah, but it's just like, you know, have you seen the show Big Mouth? Yes, 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 yes. I can't remember the girl's name on it, the blonde girl, but that's how every American sounds in my head. Uh, you know, very very nasally, can be very annoying as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I do also want to mention uh, NXT and kind of your NXT pride. You know, obviously, you this, this NXT class that got called up to the main roster, mm-hmm. you guys have been very impressive. You, Zoe, to name a few. Um, but then some of those that are still at NXT, um, it, it's been cool to see. Like, you can pinpoint your match with AJ Styles as, like, the starting point of some of the main roster coming down. And NXT had their WrestleMania a couple months ago <laughs> with everyone being on the show. <laughs> um, how do you just feel about, like, watching all that and some of the opportunities that they're getting? It, it, it's very cool to see. And, you know, I, I try my best. My schedule's a little bit wilder now, but it's like I try my best to – to kind of head down there and kind of see everyone because it's it's not just obviously you got guys like Melo and Braun who have been killing it for a long time and you know are probably ready for the main roster but you know we're just waiting for those opportunities you know uh, but the coolest thing is seeing all these new people coming in and start smashing it straight away you know I was kind of there for their first for their tryouts for some of them some of them there for their first matches inside the PC and now seeing them on NXT TV is very very cool like this the men's breakout tournament at the moment. There's a lot of those guys that, like, 
I got to help out early on. You know, I got to see early on and, and, and give them some advice and get in there for some of their first matches and things like that. Uh, so it, it, it's cool seeing the newer guys and girls kill it so early, you know, get these big opportunities. I think Trick, Trick's another one that's like, I think everyone down there knew how good Trick was for a very long time. Um, but it was just, he just had to wait for that opportunity. And I know he's not a patient guy. I know he wants the world because um, that's the kind of guy he is, and I love that energy. Um, but I think it's all worked out for the best, and it's just cool seeing everyone succeed. You talk about people who've picked stuff up early. Tiffany Stratton, my God, like, yeah, it's insane. Um, and if I could ask you a nerdy question, um, and it involves uh, NXT, for those that don't know, uh, you didn't just show up on WWE television. You put years into this. You're working the indies in Australia. Um, and obviously, NXT has kind of gone the NIL route. Could you talk to me about, I guess, kind of some of the plus and minuses? It's funny. You know, in the radio, now they're giving opportunities to people who are, like, popping on Instagram and TikTok and being like, you got followers, bring them to the station. And NIL, you got these athletes, but I do think there's something about going through the trials and tribulations of the indies and performing at these shows with 10 people Mm -hmm. or 100 and this, that, and the third. Could you kind of talk to me about those dynamics? Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, early on as an independent wrestler, like, I hated it. I thought it was a stupid idea because you get independent talent, you bring them on, and they're ready to go then, a lot of them. But then I kind of got involved a little bit more. I got involved with the tryouts and got to go and help out. I talked to the guys kind of running the NIL program. I got to go out to different colleges and do the NIL stuff. Uh, and it completely changed my perception because now you're going out and you're getting the best athletes in the country. You know, you're not... You have the guys who go to the NFL, NBA, whatever it is, the Olympics. There's a crop just under that talent level that doesn't really have many things to do, but they're almost at that level. Like, they're so close. So then they'll be bringing them in. There's nothing but positives. You talked about Tiffany. I got to work with her early on. We had a fun little tag run. Um, she came from that program. She came. She was an athlete, and now she's absolutely killing it. There's so many different guys and girls who are very similar. Um so for me personally, I think the NIL program is, is fantastic. The issue is is you, you bring in these kids and some of them don't have any respect for wrestling. They don't know what it is and they don't put any effort into finding out what it is before they get there. And that's like that's just for any job. If I'm going for a job interview, I'm going to find out who the manager is. I'm going to find out who the boss is, a little bit of history. And some of these kids come in and they have no respect for what we do. Um, and they expect to be on TV in, in, in six weeks. They don't know who any of the talent is. I could tell you some wild stories about questions people have asked that will blow your mind, but I'm not here to, you know, say any mean things. But so, so if you come in, you come in with the right attitude and you work hard, like, you're going to kill it. All right, that was our very own Adrian Hernandez talking to WWE superstar Grayson Waller. Again, nobody covers the WWE and AEW and the pro wrestling scene quite like our man Adrian Hernandez. He's going to be out there in Tampa for the Royal Rumble. He's going to be out in Philadelphia for WrestleMania. So stay tuned for all of his uh, great sit-down conversations with WWE superstars. Uh, But that's just a a taste of one right there. Uh, That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.